What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. This week, Nick and I break down everything from week one of the NFL season with the Buffalo Bills and Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Just a terrible game overall by the Buffalo Bills offense. Defense looks promising. Definitely some upside there, but man, the offense was very lackluster to say the least all game. Nick and I break it all down for you guys right here on the Process Podcast. Remember to give us a like, a follow, subscribe, wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at the underscore process pod. And remember to always trust the process. Nick, how are we doing after that uh, game? Well, Charlie, that was some bullshit. All right, uh, that game sucked. That was terrible to watch. Uh, the Bills' offense looked like year two Josh Allen, where he's, you know, it's almost clicking. But you know, you could maybe dream on it. And the entire game, I kept waiting. I'm like, mm, they are playing better. It'll come. It'll come. It'll mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this season I still think it'll come, but today uh, it did not come. It was it was a poor performance all around, and it's week one. Try not to overreact, but that was very disappointing. Yeah, you know, I think before we really kind of dive into everything, I, I kind of just have a message to all of Bill's Mafia on Twitter. Uh, y'all need to just calm down, like relax. It's week one. It's it's the first week of the NFL season. It's a long, long season. It, nothing is set in stone after week one. Like it's it, there, there's no rule in the NFL that says, "Hey, you lost week one, you can't make the playoffs, or you can't make the Super Bowl because you lost week one." The season's not not over yet, so everyone just needs to calm down and relax. And it's okay. In case you forgot, the Buccaneers last year had a bad loss week one. To the Chicago Bears, who the Chicago Bears are not even in the same category right now as where the Pittsburgh Steelers are last year or this year. You know, Pittsburgh had one of the best defenses in the league last year, and they look like they're going to have one of the best defenses in the league again this year. And all in all, which and we'll get into as, as we move along here, but all in all, Nick, outside of a blocked punt, I mean, this game is a, it's, it's a, it's a tied game for the most part. Outside of that block punt. Sorry about that. I was muted. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that toward the end of, of the game. They, you know, they kicked the field goal to try to try to recover the onside kick. Ended up losing by seven. You're like, mm-hmm. hey, where was the swing of seven points? Oh yeah, when you didn't block anybody on the punt. I mean, I saw one of the uh, the replays, sort of a slow mo and. Man, that guy that guy could have just leveled Matt Hawk if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And he, he went for the block and st- like if he just wanted to like crush a punter just for the heck of it, he could have. Like right. he would he had a free path. Right. Well, I special teams both ways, right? I one one note that I have down here from the game is special teams both ways. Buffalo opened up the game with an incredible 75 yard kick return by Isaiah McKenzie that kind of made everyone say, uh, Andre Roberts who? <laughs> Um, but 
you can't put points on the board at that point. I mean, you're, you're putting three points on the board. You need to put seven up there after that big return. There's no excuse not to put seven points up there. And then on the other side, you have the 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 special teams that, you know, Matt Hack had a good game outside of that blocked punt, but someone's got to block, man. Like you you gotta. There's no excuse for that. I I mean, and this this isn't like it with the first blocked punt we've seen with the McDermott era. This is, you know. Definitely the second last couple of years. We didn't see one last year. We saw a bad one in 2019, which cost the Bills the game against uh, New England. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, you you can't have those special teams uh, mishaps so early in the year. You, you you have to take advantage when your special teams gives you good field position. You have to take, uh, you know, you have to be able to punt the ball and flip the field at that point. Yeah, and you, you think, too, just in terms of the entire game, the Bills – you know, they had a 75-yard kick return to open the game. Offense did nothing. They got a field goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Punt, 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 fumble. Then they had a really nice drive, 91 yards, touchdown. That was a great drive. And then downs, turnover and downs twice in a row, block punt, and then two field goals. So they had, like, really one nice drive. And that was kind of it. Like the, the 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 first field goal was a gift toward the end mm-hmm. of the game. You know they they got they got close to Pittsburgh to the end zone. You know they could have I don't know wasn't wild about how how some of those play calls went, but they didn't punch it in. It was you, you kept waiting for uh, MVP caliber Josh Allen to come out, and at least at least today we did not get that. So Nick, before you know, now I want to kind of jump into things, but. I want – let's give us each a minute. Uh, we'll start with you. Okay. I'll give you a full minute, 60 seconds on the clock for you. Um, talk to me about the game. Talk to me about where maybe your blame is going. Okay. Um, you know, and, and just kind of your quick takeaways, and then we'll dive deeper into it after uh, after that. All right. Um, listen, start of the fourth quarter here, I, I'm looking at the scoreboard thinking, okay, right now, it is Patriots, or I'm sorry, not Patriots. It's Steelers 13, Bills 10. I'm like, you know what? I'm really not surprised that the Steelers only have 13 into the fourth quarter. What I am surprised at is the offense has 10. Like, like this is not the Bills offense we expected. So my, my blame here is going mostly to the offense. The defense ended up allowing 26. You would like to think the Bills, the Bills are going to win a game where they allow 26. All right. I mean, maybe in terms of the, or I'm sorry, 23. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if every team feels that way, but teams with the Bills offense definitely would think 20, you know, give up 23, they're going to win the game. So, uh, Josh Allen, Charlie, let me ask you as I flip it back to you, did did you feel like Josh Allen had a career high pass attempts today? Did it feel like that while you were watching the game? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I literally looked at, I was texting a, f- a few buddies during the game like I do every week, and the one thing I said to them was, uh, Dable and, and, and McDermott are putting too much on Josh Allen right now. You're asking Josh – and I get it, right? He's the second, the second highest paid quarterback in the league. Like, sure, you, you maybe some people are going to sit here and say, when, you get, when you're getting paid that much, you should be able to come out and throw the ball 50 times and be, be fine. But I don't think Singletary is running the ball bad at all. Um, I'm tired of the designed runs for Josh Allen, but one thing yeah, that I noticed go. as well, which, which I'd like to dive deeper into maybe, you know, this week going into next week. But one thing I noticed, 
and Nick, tell me if you noticed this, he stayed in the pocket a lot more. Obviously, you know, he did have his design runs where he was able to get out and, and, and run a little bit. But last year where Josh Allen excelled is when he was able to roll out of the pocket and make a throw outside of the numbers. Even in preseason, even in the one preseason game we saw him, his best throw of the entire preseason was a throw where he was able to roll outside and throw the ball outside of the numbers. He didn't do that at all today. The one time he was forced out to roll out that way, he he, he had a he got sacked, fumbled by uh, by Watt. But outside of that, he he did he I did not notice any rollout, you know, fifteen yard throws downfield, you know, um, or any rollout for that matter at all. A lot of the deep throws that Josh was throwing, he couldn't step into. Because the O line could not block to save the day, which is another topic. Yeah, we're going to talk about you. that for sure. Um, but he couldn't step into any throws, and he just seemed to sit in the pocket, and he did not look comfortable sitting there in the pocket. That's not yeah, Josh Allen yeah. football. All right, so I want to get I want to get right back to that point. I was honestly a little surprised just to realize that this was a career high passing yards because it kind of just felt like. How they always go. We, 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 yeah, we, uh, I'm sorry. Pass attempts. 51 pass attempts was a career high. Like it just, it just felt like a, a regular day where they were just rolling out there and you see 50. Wow, 51 is a, a lot. Um, he, he had 270 yards, which is, which is, you know, in bulk terms, not terrible, but on 51 attempts, that's only 5.29 yards per attempt. And that, that uh, average ranked 36th out of his 44 career starts. So, yes, Josh can definitely play better, too. Now, you had mentioned uh, the, the pressure or feeling the pressure. I thought it was very interesting that Pittsburgh basically decided we are going to drop seven into coverage basically the entire game and only rush four. And it's they didn't. it seemed like they were still getting a lot of pressure. And some of that might be the offensive line. Some of that might be Josh was, you know, kind of – not in mid-season form yet. He was feeling the heat a little bit more than normal. But it was very interesting, and I think given the struggles of, of the offensive line, and again, maybe Pittsburgh can do this because they have a better defensive line than other teams, but dropping back seven, making Josh beating you, and just getting pressure with four might be a thing teams keep doing against the Bills until they can block it. Yeah, I mean, and this may be something, like you said, it might be something that we're seeing – more often, I didn't think Josh looked good or comfortable against zone, the zone defense at all today either, which is similar where, uh, you know, I felt like he succeeded um, pretty good last year. He was um, a little jumpy today, right? He, he really he, – he was all over the place. And Too much back, Josh's jacks. Yeah. That goes back to what I was kind of saying towards, uh, you know, in the offseason and, and, and this year in general was how is Josh going to play with fans in the stance again? I don't think we saw sugar high Josh Allen. No. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, smelling salt Josh Allen, just a little bit more excited, but definitely not, not a sugar high Josh Allen throughout the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, like th- there were times last year, he just looked so calm in the pocket. Mm-hmm. He understood what was unfolding around him. He was, you know, meticulously cutting up the defense. And today it was just like, he couldn't, he couldn't get calm today. Well, how much of that Nick, do you think was on the fact that the O-line couldn't give them any time, and then as soon as they did, you're getting a ten yard penalty for holding. There was a lot of holding calls. Deion Dawkins had three, I think. And and my other question on on top of that is, 
you know, Deion Dawkins had COVID. Where is yep. his conditioning? You know, from what he said, his kids COVID was pretty bad. He was in the hospital. Yeah. All of that. I mean, where is his condition at this point? Should he have even been out there in the first place? You know, Spencer Brown on the one play Spencer Brown had. Luckily, the defensive lineman jumped off sides because he got beat pretty bad as well. You know, the offensive line in general just did not play good at all across right. the Right, I think uh, they they were rotating at right guard. I want to mm-hmm. say I think Ford was in and out, mm-hmm. which is something they, they've always done. And I think a lot of that is lack of uh, lack of faith in Cody Ford. You know, I like Ike Bacher there as well, um, but I, I don't know, man. I thought they did a fine job run blocking for Singletary. I thought Singletary looked very good. I don't know why. Dable and McDermott felt like the game plan was going to be have Josh Allen come out and throw the ball 51 times and, you know, only allow Singletary to touch the ball 11 times. There was no screen plays. There was the one screen play to Beasley that Josh Allen just completely missed and threw it in the ground. Um, but no, no screen plays to Singletary. Um, the play calling, you want to talk about Josh Allen and the way Josh Allen looked, the play calling looked very 2019 to me. Hmm. Very conservative when they needed to be aggressive on the fourth and one inside Pittsburgh territory, on the fourth and three inside of Pittsburgh territory, they decide to punt. When you sit there and say, man, they should just punt this on fourth and eight, they decide to go for it and don't get it. Then they get another fourth and one. And I don't know what in the hell that play was. <laughs> you know, it reminded me of that Willis McGahee play from years ago. Very similar play but it actually worked. It didn't work this time. You have a six, seven, what? Six, five, six, seven quarterback. All you have to do is reach the ball across and you had a first down. You were that close. I, I didn't understand that play call either. And, you know, a lot of that go for it, punted comes down to McDermott. I think that play call on the fourth down uh, loss of six play came down to what uh, Dable called, but Brian Dable to me looked like a offensive coordinator calling a game, uh, kind of telling the league like, "Hey, I don't ever want to be a head coach in this league because I can't call a football game anymore." <laughs> oh my gosh, that that I don't know. It sounds a little harsh to me. I I really that fourth down was just so ugly. And someone did post the video, and I saw how it was supposed to work. And it's basically like you you kind of fake like it's a QB sneak and hope the defense all piles in. And then the QB just like shuffles the ball to a running back who also has a pulling blocker ahead of him. And it looks really nice when it works. And when Josh Allen stops and just throws backwards and you lose eight yards, that one is uh, it real. It did not work. Real bad. <laughs> Morgan Freeman voice did not work. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that, that play calling was something that really stuck out to me. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are going to try and say, look, you know, uh, to say that Brian Dable called a bad game, like that, this is what this team is, and Brian Dable's not calling a bad game. The Bills just aren't executing it. And you can look at it multiple ways. It all depends on where you want to point that finger, right? Like, do you want to point the finger at, at your half a billion dollar player? Or do you want to point the finger at your potential offense coordinator who's probably in for head coaching job at the end of the year? That's up to you. Um, you know, I think they're both to blame, but I do think that uh, there's a big, big, big problem with the way Brian Dable called this game today. Okay. Now let's talk about uh, – let's switch over to defense here. They did hold Pittsburgh to 
to 23. Uh, 23 in the second half, not great. But shutout in the first half is amazing. So all in all, not a bad day for the defense. And I, you know what I did think was – uh, maybe maybe this this you know some days you win this some days you lose this the Bills really did seem to lose out on some of the calls today holding I don't know there was some holding but I'm talking um, uh, okay there was definitely some hold I'm, sa- I'm saying you know maybe that that's that's a little bit less of a judgment call maybe if someone just really gets, gets horse collared and you gotta call it um, some of the, the defensive penalties today were really just bailing out. The Steelers, I thought. Um, I mean, the Steelers are doing dumb thing. I mean, a team wants to run on second and twelve. Okay, right before, right before their touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. They have like second and twelve, maybe, and then they, they want to do something dumb and run on that. And then the next play, they just chucked one downfield. Happened to get a call. Like that one, maybe was the right call. He didn't really turn his head and just back, you know, ran into the guy, kind of. But it's like, oh, they're doing something dumb, bailed out on a penalty, and then right after that, just sick catch in the end zone for a touchdown. And, and you're sitting there like, what What can what can we do? Like, I don't know, defender. I think you even go back before that, Nick. Go back to the Tredavious White. Quote, oh, okay, unquote, right. That, that's where I was going. That was that was a literally a game changing play that was was called back. There was no, I don't know what what the penalty is, is there for. Should just been a you know Bills football that that changes the whole game. I mean, that's a penalty that an interception by Javius White, Buffalo gets the ball down on the 30, you know? I mean, that that's at least three points there. You're leaving that drive with three points, at least, if you, if you can't convert. Mm-hmm. Which, long story, in the long scheme of things, yeah, does three points make a difference in this game? No. But at that point, does three points make a difference? Yes. Because Pittsburgh went down and were able to get three points of their own at at the end of that drive. You know, that's three points off the board for Pittsburgh. It's a totally different ballgame at that point. Yeah, um, Pittsburgh. I mean, Roethlisberger, I did not think had a good game. I did nothing there. I got. I do got to give credit here while we're talking about defense. The Bills' run defense did have a good game, in my opinion. They did. I, I don't think the Bills' defense had a bad game. Again, you go back and you look at, um, you know, go back and look at the box score. They had 17 points in the fourth quarter. Seven of those points, don't forget, and they came off the block punt. Right. I don't put a block punt on the defense. I kind of put that more on the offense for not being able to move the ball. Or on the special teams. But yeah. Or on special teams, obviously, <laughs> yes. But that's not on the defense. Even no. then, I mean, the defense only allowed 16 points themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's a totally different ball game if there was no blocked punt. Yep. You know, even if that punt's not returned for a touchdown, let's say uh, they block the punt and 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 they they don't score a touchdown to get it on the, the twenty five. Maybe Buffalo's defense comes up stingy again and holds them, and they're forced to kick field goal. You're looking at a totally different ball game. Yeah, then the Bills don't kick their early field goal at the end. They're pushing for the touchdown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't, and I, and I there was a lot of people that had a lot of issues with that move that McDermott you know made to kick the field goal. I understood why you do it. Oh no, nah, that made sense. It was a little weird to me that he used all three timeouts on defense to try to stop the clock. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I figured you would have – most people want one at least, but he just wanted the time on the clock, period. So, interesting. The one thing with the defense, though, too, you know, as good as they played, it seemed like in the second half they gave up a lot of big chunk yard plays. And that's what helped 
uh, Pittsburgh really moved the ball downfield. It wasn't that Pittsburgh was hitting on, you know, little five, six, seven yard passes. Pittsburgh was hitting on a, you know, second and 10 and picking up 22 yards. Yes. You know, second and second and eight or third and eight, picking up another 15, 20 yards. Yes. I'm actually looking at a list of the Steelers longest plays today. 25 mm-hmm. yards, 24, 24, 22, 19, 18, all of those in the second half. And and that's when the defense just seemed to crumble. And it's funny because this team back in the non-playoff years <laughs> was definitely a team where you could say, oh, that second half, like the Bills defense is going to come out like they'll look better. And for some reason with this team, the last couple of years, second half, they come out and it's like, where, what happened? Like they forgot how to play football in the second half. Um, I, I mean, just all around, like this game in general is just so frustrating. So frustrating. There's yeah. so much more to this team that I think we can expect going forward. Defense is, is a bright side right now. I feel like they need to find ways to utilize Devin Singletary some more because I feel like he's got a big year ahead of him if he can be utilized correctly. Well, so apparently about, Zach Moss is going to be inactive. How about I, I, that? So, so I, I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. What's the plan with Zach Moss going forward? Because I'll tell you what, you can flip Zach Moss for a third-round pick tomorrow if you wanted to. To, to Baltimore, you think? To or? anyone. Just flip them third-round pick. Who wants to th- give me a third-round pick for Zach Moss? See you later. Sure, Baltimore needs to run you back. Why not? I was I was very surprised to see that. Um, you know, all offseason, I was talking about Devin Singletary's in great shape. Last year, we said on this podcast numerous times, we think they secretly like Zach Moss a lot more than Devin Singletary. Mm-hmm. So that was surprising to me. And I, maybe you could, you could find a way to tell me that they – like Matt Breida a lot. And I don't know, somebody, they asked Sean McDermott about it after the game. He said it was a numbers thing, basically. Sure, we would have liked to have him active. We just had 53 other, you know. Okay, I mean, what? You, I, don't, I don't know. I got to ask Steve. Yeah, when, uh, we'll see when the uh, snap counts come out tomorrow. Um, I don't know. It was just curious to me. You have a guy like that, and maybe, I mean, the Bills handed off the ball today um, 11 times to Singletary, four to Brita, and then once to McKenzie. So 16 handoffs. And how and many times did Allen run the ball? Nine, including why scrambles. Your, why is your quarterback running the ball nine times and your number one running back has only touched the ball 11 times? Yeah, well, he had three, three receptions too, so he touched it 14. But, yeah, uh, some of those were scrambles. I don't – I mean, I just don't get the designed – design stuff with your guy who's getting a quarter of a billion dollars. Like I get that he's the dual threat and you can, there are other ways to design that where it's not like, let's crash into five guys and take hits. Well, there are other, you have three running backs, three caliber, very good caliber running backs that I think could go on to multiple teams in this league right now and go right in and be a starter. And you're deciding to run the ball 11 times with your number one running back? Including including scrambles. Okay, but whatever. Devin Singletary looked very good in the preseason. I don't think that's unusual to say. I I thought Singletary looked very good. It looked like he was back to 2019 Singletary. But you have to give give him a chance to run the ball. Even from what we learned from a couple podcasts ago with Billy on – from PFF, even Billy said, yeah, the run game was actually a lot better than what everybody thought. I'll take a running game that's going to give me four yards a carry. Could you get me to third and two 
third and third and two, third and one on every every down, I'll take that any day. But run the ball a little bit. So Singletary ended up with 72 yards on 11 carries, and that is including the long 25-yard gain. Even if you take that one out, that puts him at 47 yards on 10 carries, which is 4.7 a pop, which is still a pretty good average. Like, I thought he had a nice day running, and, I I mean, the Bills did end up getting behind a bunch, so maybe they, they – I don't know. But I, I do agree with you that he, he looked good today. I mean, look, at, at the end of the day, right, like, if this team goes down, like, they're, they're – you have to go down doing what got you to 15 wins last year, right? Like – what whatever they did last year, it worked. So don't fix it yet. It's not broken yet after one week. But you have to find a way to evolve your passing game in some way. A fourth and one call throwing the ball six yards back is not improving your passing game. Having your RB1 run the ball 11 times is not improving your passing game. Um, I'm going to actually send you this. I don't know if you saw what our buddy Dan said or tweeted out, but I will send this to you right now and you can this see is it. This former podcast guest, Dan Fates. Yes. Former podcast guest, Dan Fates. Um, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, man, like the team's going to live and die by the passing game. Like the team is going to live and die by what Josh Allen's going to do with the ball in his hands. And I get that. And you have, Three of the best receivers in the league in Sanders, Beasley, and 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 and, and Diggs. So yeah, throw the ball. But you gotta find ways to get your running back involved because Devin Singletary is not a bad back. And you're just gonna for most of the game, I felt like, why are you carrying three running backs on this team? Even though one is scratched, why are you carrying three of them when you could have cut one of them for another wide receiver if you needed to? Or another tight end. You could have kept Jacob Hollister over. Matt Breida, if you're going to throw the ball 51 times a game. You can't do that for 17 games this year. Josh Allen's arm is going to be dead by the end well, of the year. I don't know, but, I mean, pitchers throw way more than that. Yeah, more I know. Than I'm, just, I, I'm just trying to make a point for why yeah. I run the ball more, Nick. All right, let, <laughs> let me ask you, too, talking about, about the receivers a little bit. What were your thoughts on Emmanuel Sanders? I thought he looked good. I thought he had one bad drop in the fourth quarter. Josh yeah, about 22 yeah, yards yeah. It, was, it was a, it was a big spot i remember it was yeah. but it would have been a tough catch but i thought he is that you're talking about the one that the defender knocked out of his hand yeah he had it in his hands he just got yeah he out. had it like he didn't he didn't bring it into his body if he like he kept it out there too long if he would have just caught it and you know in one motion and brought it in mm-hmm. would have been a sick mm-hmm. catch yeah, what about let me ask you what what do you think about that flea flicker we, we were talking play color i meant to ask you that before um I don't know. I mean, I always like when they try gadget stuff just because it's fun to watch, I guess. I don't. I mean, I guess the Steelers were not were not that fooled maybe as they thought they would have been. So I, uh, I'm i always a fan of gadget plays. What were your thoughts on Emmanuel Sanders? Um, kind of like you. I mean, he's... He didn't didn't look like uh, you know a pro bowler, but I I was wondering if uh, given the chemistry that Josh and John Brown had, would John Brown be more effective in this offense than Sanders? I mean, Emmanuel Sanders had four catches for fifty two yards. 
Yeah, I mean, that's not Pro Bowl, but it's like it's all right. I mean, no, I, absolutely not. I didn't realize Cole Beasley caught the ball eight times because I felt like every time I saw him, he dropped the ball. Uh, or especially early on, he, he had two or three bad drops Cole Beasley had. Um, you know, Gabe Davis is another guy that they need to find a way to get involved more. There's no way that – there's no reason why Dave Davis should only have two catches. I'd say Cole Beasley can't even catch a cold, but we know he can't. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone tweet out today that if only Cole Beasley would have got the vaccine, he would have been ba- magnetic. Uh, and I thought that was a pretty good one, but no, I, I, I need to see more out of, I want to see, do you know how I want to see catch the ball more? And I, I know I sound like broke record. No, Singletary, man. Uh, uh, you, you love Singletary. Okay. Today. I, I could, look, I love, I love the little screenplay on third and five yeah. to your running back. Love it. Even Matt Breida, get Matt Breida the ball, dude. The dude's mm-hmm. fast. All he needs he is, is a little fast. hole. He can break one. He just, he. He's one of the fastest players in the league, and not for nothing, he's the second fastest player in Madden right now. Hmm. So the dude, everyone knows the guy has speed. <laughs> Little screen pass to Matt yeah. Breda, I wouldn't hate it. So one thing I did think during the game is that last year, Stefan Diggs made just an absolutely unbelievable play almost every single game. And I was kind of mm-hmm. waiting for that to come out today, and it just it just didn't happen. So he did have nine catches but they only went for 69 yards along of 13. He was targeted 14 times, so they, they missed five t- excuse me five times. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's going against a good defense. They dropped a lot in coverage. I get it. I was. I don't know. He's, he's, he's your guy. He wants to be in, in the, the Pro Bowl MVP conversation. We didn't see it from him today. He was, he was good, but not game-changing. I wasn't just... Diggs is one of the players that was not disappointed at all. No, I wasn't disappointed, but I mean, no, you're just, but I didn't think you're just so any... conditioned to seeing like this unbelievable, like mind blowing play, and maybe it's a reminder well, to that, just that not think of that. Play, that flea flicker play was to Diggs. Diggs did a good job of, I believe, the play was designed for him to run deep. He saw he was double covered and he cut it back down. Josh there needs to put more on that ball and not just try to lob it in there, and that's a catch for Diggs. Hmm. Um. The one thing that I feel like we're, we're constantly forgetting about what Diggs does, though, if, if you go back and watch the game, a lot of what he did was he was catching the ball two or three yards, spinning, and he was getting another four or five yards after the catch. And that's where he's he excels, the, the yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does probably go a little bit hand-in-hand, too. The protection holds up better. Deeper right. routes can develop. Right. If both of them get some protection and not get a holding call, then yeah, maybe there's some different different plays here. You know, maybe things change. But um, I wanted to, we were talking about Emmanuel Sanders earlier. I know I'm kind of all over the place, but there's just so much on my notes here to go over that I'm trying to fit it all in 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 our podcast here. But we were talking about Emmanuel Sanders earlier. Josh Allen had deep ball to Sanders in the first half, and he missed him. It was close. But he missed them. Did you feel like Buffalo was trying to force the deep ball hmm. a little too much today at times when they didn't need to? Hmm. It's hard to say because if you if you hit it, then you say, "Oh, it's just a good play call." So I think I was I was more upset with the fact that Josh seemed to be consistently missing today. That has seemed to be the one thing that Josh Allen hasn't been able to excel on. 
even last year, even in 2020, he had an issue hitting that deep ball. He's fine in that middle range, right? He's definitely improved in that short to mid field range when it comes to throwing the ball. But anything longer than 25, 35 yards downfield, he's having issues getting the ball into receivers' hands downfield and constantly missing guys deep. He's got to put the driver away and maybe take out the nine iron. There's Emmanuel Sanders catch that ball. That's another, that's another seven points on the board. And at that point, your team's up 17 nothing. You you can't rely on your defense to go out there and stop a team like Pittsburgh, who all in all, their offense is not that impressive, right? I don't think Pittsburgh's offense is going to light this league on fire. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger even played a better game than Josh Allen. I just think that uh, Pittsburgh, when when the time came to make good, smart play calls, Pittsburgh came out and made the right play calls. Yeah. I would even say the Bills were probably played a better game. I think they just they just made a couple of worse mistakes. They made their mistakes too late in the game. At bad times, yeah. You make those mistakes earlier, and it's a totally different game. They made that mistake. They made the you know the block punt. If that happens in the first quarter as opposed to the fourth quarter, different game. Different game. But again, just my opinion. Um, you know, I I I I wasn't too impressed with the fact that Josh Allen has not been able to hit that deep ball, and that's definitely somewhere where we need to see a lot of improvement from Josh Allen going mm-hmm. forward because you have again three of the best route runners in the league. Two of them are very good at stretching the field deep. You've got to find a way to connect with those guys mm-hmm. deep. And Josh is, I mean, thinking about what he's seeing out there, he's probably seeing more defenders in coverage today than maybe any game in his career. And he's thinking, oh, well, I should have time to throw then. And the heat is still getting to him. So, well, I mean, I thought that was just such an interesting facet of the game. The Steelers who are known for, you know, historically to just these these intricate blitzes. And, and there's a, no. We're just gonna just gonna rush four. Well, you say that too, right? They're just rushing four. You're you're telling me that this Bills offensive line can't block four defensive tackles coming in at them. They do have a good defensive line, but uh, but still, yeah, you, you would. You have an extra offensive lineman. You shouldn't be having a. You should not be getting bull rushed the way that they were getting bull rushed on multiple plays, giving up the. The, the 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 holding penalties that they got on multiple plays, you know, again, you take away a lot of those holding penalties, and it's the same song and dance I know was last year, but you take away a lot of those holding penalties that happened today, multiple multiple holding penalties brought back first down plays. Mm-hmm. That then that holding penalty happened and completely stalled the drive. Yep. And now not for nothing, I think we mentioned this, you know postseason last year, Nick, and I think we talked about it during the the, the, the offseason this year a little bit as well. Buffalo didn't do anything to improve their offensive line outside of drafting some really tall guys. They brought everybody back from last year. Mm-hmm. And one of the big question marks that we had at the end of last year was the offensive line, and what are they going to do on the offensive line to improve? Right. They didn't go – they thought that they could stick with what they got and improve what they have because chemistry, Right. Chemistry on the offensive line is it, it means everything. You know, I would like to hear what a guy like Eric Wood has to say about the Bills' offensive line play today, but and 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 what they can do to improve it. Because not for nothing, you're not going to go and rebuild your offensive line 
you know, now that the season has started, you're stuck with what you got and you need to find ways to make it work. And you need to find guys that are, they need to find a way to block their half a million, half a billion dollar quarterback, you know, and find ways to help him to excel and to, to, to continue to take that next step. Because yes, while today was not a good step for Josh Allen and you, a lot of people can say that maybe today was a step back to 2019, Josh Allen, it's not the end of the world. It's week one. Chill out. All right. Well, you have already uh, given me your best Aaron Rodgers relax. <laughs> but let me let me ask you here. What what from today do you are you taking forward? Does does today change your outlook on anything at all? Are you more concerned with things anything on a season wide perspective, or are you thinking most of these are just just one? fluke and you, and you still think next week against Miami is going to come out kind of the juggernaut that you expected? You know, I think that I think that next week they can come out and beat the Miami Dolphins. The division you leading know. Miami Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. don't remind me. And I, and I think we're going to do a podcast this week, Nick, where we're going to kind of talk a little bit more about that game, so I don't want to get too into what we think about Miami and, and, and that game, but um, you know, I still think Miami's a beatable team. I don't think they looked great against New England today. Uh, the positives that I'm taking away from today is definitely the Bills' defensive play. Defense looked good. Um, you're going to kill her saying this, but I'm going to – Devin Singletary, when given the chances, he's able to – you know, he's able to break those those runs. And like you said, he's still averaging four and a half, four point six 4.6 yards a carry before that big run. Right. So he, he has it in him to, 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 to be a – leader on this offense you know they just need to find ways to use their pass game in 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 in, in different ways right i'm not saying get gimmicky but you have one of the best gadget guys in the league and isaiah mckenzie used him once today you have three running backs on your roster one was scratched the other one touched the ball you know ran the ball two more times than what your quarterback ran the ball because all in all, Nick, I know you. I know you said with Josh Allen, some of them were scrambles. There wasn't a lot of times that he was scrambling that it wasn't called back for a hold. So a lot of those rushes that are shown up on our stats were designed runs for Josh Allen. That's a good point. So you need to find ways to not have QB one be your leading rusher through half of the game. Maybe Utilize they paid him have. more money because he's also RB one. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. But utilize what you have. Utilize the players that you currently have. You wanted to keep three running backs. Use your running backs. You need to find ways to use those guys. Because, again, I don't see Josh Allen being being able to come out and throw the ball 50 times a game. It's just not going to work every single week. Well, ideally, he would uh, not need to throw 50, even in the same game plan, because uh, they would have just scored touchdowns sooner. And that's and that, that's the one thing I want to see them improve next year, next week, not next year. I'm not don't want to talk about next year already. Um, next week, I want to see them come out and be able to get scores when the defense comes out and gets a big stop. Because yes, the first drive, sure they went down and got three, but they didn't do anything again till the almost the end of the second half, or I'm sorry, the end of the second quarter. 
and you need to find ways to get more points. Buffalo should have been up 28-35, nothing going into halftime. Their defense was playing that good, but the offense just seemed to stall. I mean, at halftime, you're thinking, like, can they really have a shutout here? Like, that would be amazing. And then, oh, no, totally changed. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking shutout. I was just thinking, you know, my my thought process was the offense needs to score points. Put up points. You're 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 leading. Put up points. And they they could not do that. They could not put up points when they needed to. And they slipped back to the 2019 mm-hmm. Josh Allen or the 2019 yeah. um, um Buffalo Bills. And 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 Brian Dable looked like the 2019 Brian Dable play calling that made a lot of people question why the heck is this guy coming back in 2020? So they they need to find their identity and find who they are and and ha- kind of have a good long talk with each other and say where did we go wrong because this was a very winnable game that they let slip out of their hands and not for nothing i don't think it changes the fact that buffalo makes the playoffs or not but this could be a game down the stretch that's really going to affect the playoff seeding because as much as i said i didn't think uh cleveland was going to look good cleveland looked very good today and not for nothing miami already has one win on the season in the AFC East. Now that Miami game next week just became that much bigger of a game because you fall 0-2, Miami's 2-0 in the division. You got a lot of work to do at that point. And I know it's a long year, and you don't throw the towel in after two games, but you had an uphill battle at that point because you lost two games to two AFC teams, uh, one of which is, I, I think, for sure a playoff team, the other of which in in my – Thoughts is a wild card team at best in Miami, but that know. that is a great point. Next week's game is much more important for the Bills than it is for the Dolphins. Yes, yes, you cannot go zero and two in the AFC to start the year. You're hurting yourself long term, and that's and that won't be anything that we notice until week 15, 16, uh, you know, seventeen when you start seeing the graphic for playoff seating. You know what I mean? Um, but again, I know I've dropped you with the Aaron Rodgers relax. I'm looking right now on my screen at a Josh Allen apology form, apology form. Reasons <laughs> for an unapology. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Enough with this bullshit, guys. It's week freaking one. Stop it. Like, I, I love, I'm going to say this and I'm going to piss some people off, Nick, but... I need to get this off my chest real quick. I love being a Bills fan. You know, it, it, my, my wife even said it in our, in her eulogy or in her, uh, uh, her vows to me. Not got dark there for yet. a second. Yeah. Right. And her vows to me about, you know, marrying into a, a Buffalo Bills family. And I love being a Bills fan, but man, Bill's Twitter today in general was the most obnoxious place to be because they see one loss and everyone's ready to throw in the towel and just completely give up. Shut up. Stop it. Seriously. It's week one of an 18 week season this year. You have an extra game. No one said the bills were going to go 17 and Oh, right. No one said that the bills were going to go 20 and Oh, and you know, be the first undefeated team to win the Super Bowl since Miami did it years ago. No one said that. You knew that they were going to lose games. I don't think anyone thought they were going to lose this game. And maybe this game being as close as what it was kind of made it a little bit, you know, 
kind of made it sting a little bit more. But relax, everybody. Chill out. It's week one. Come have this conversation with me again week four. If we're in the same boat and the Bills are 0-4, let's have this conversation then. Because in all honesty, that's the only way that I'm going to start freaking out. If the Bills go 0-4, guess what? You have every right to freak out. Fire every everybody in that building. Start with Brian Dable. Start with Sean McDermott at that point. You, you have a Super Bowl caliber team. One week, one loss does not determine the season. So stop. By the way, if they, if they really do start 0-4 with they play Miami, Washington, and Houston are their next three games, if they really do start 0-4 uh, ahead of Kansas City and Tennessee, yeah, stuff would have to happen. Uh, um, anyway, that, that, quick, that's, that's, I, that's not worth quick. talking about. I used to quick because I know he's going to listen. How excited do you think uh, Bray was today to see Tyrod Taylor, you know, for the most part, ball out? Tyrod had a great game today. You know what I was actually thinking? Uh, you saw the uh, the the Blues Clues uh, thing that was quickly memed this week, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Remember at the end, I never forgot you, ever. I'm and like Bray Steve talking. This to is Bray to Tyrod Taylor. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure now, once he listens to this, he's going to make himself a meme and give himself all the credit for it. I want to, give me the credit here. Come on. Right, right. He better give you the credit, but you know, I don't know. Bray may keep the credit for himself on that one. Yeah. All um, right, Charlie. Do you have? Uh, do you want any final thoughts here before we wrap up? Actually, you know what? Let's take the minute here and thank our sponsor, Ethos Performance Rehab. If you need physical therapy, obviously you go to a physical therapist, and Ethos can help you with that. But if you might not think, I want to get a little bit better at my five Ks, or I have this thing that just and I get, you know, I get, uh, I like, I go longer on longer runs. And, you know, every time I hit mile six, you know, I just get this horrible pain. Something's going on. Ethos Performance Rehab will diagnose it for you. They will work on. You have so many little muscles in your body that you don't even know about. All right. I, I had a shoulder injury a couple of years ago playing baseball. They were telling me this is your, oh my gosh, your, you know, serratus anterior was was maybe a little bit underdeveloped, and we needed to hit that one. I did some weird exercises for that. All right, and then it was uh, supraspinatus. I had to hit for a little bit. Okay, if you don't know what that means, that's okay. Ethos does. All right, Doctor Matt, Doctor Zach, tell them the process sent you. You will not regret it. Ethos Performance Rehab. Charlie, your final thoughts. Uh, do you think our friends at Ethos can provide some mental rehab to Bill's Mafia after week one? Because I feel um, like there's some people that, that could use well, it. Well, I, I don't know that they are licensed to do that, but they could certainly try. Why not? I that's think called, they call that telehealth now. They charge People charge for that. That's right. That's right. They charge a pretty penny for that. Uh, you know. But, yeah, that, final thoughts, Nick, are definitely want, need to see this offense get back to 2020 offense next week. Um, defense, I'm not too worried about, um, you know, and find ways to cut down penalties. Penalties are what killed this team a lot of times last year, and penalties killed them a lot today. You got to find ways to cut down those penalties. You got to find ways to continue to keep Josh Allen upright because he didn't take a lot of hits today outside of when he decided to run with the ball or when they had designed runs. Josh Allen did not take a lot of hits today, but they need to find ways to cut back on the holding calls because holding is going to kill them. They're going to get in some spots where, they get a touchdown 
or a first down like we saw often today, and penalties are going to call everything back and 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 can't do that. That's a no-no. All right, Charlie, I'm going to tell you my favorite stat of the day here. I want you just thinking about uh, the last period of, of Buffalo Bills history, all right? The Bills have not been known for offense, really, until last season. And remember, every year on the opener, you would probably be like, ah, oh, damn, like, that's right, we got to deal with this with this offense again, right? The Bills scored on their first drive today, thanks to an Isaiah McKenzie 75-yard kick return. When do you think the last time was that the Bills scored on their first possession of the season? Uh, definitely wasn't last year. <laughs> um, like, what was it, like 2017? Uh, this was the first time it happened in a decade, 2011. Wow. Wow, way further back than what I thought. How about it? I mean, it's what, what an unusual feeling to feel like – I saw even though the offense didn't really do anything, like Bills have a lead this early in the season, like this, like what is happening? Even even mm-hmm. last year, Bills had such an amazing year. If you remember back to Week One, Week One did not start perfectly. Yeah, it, it, Week One did not start perfectly at all. Um, but at least Josh Allen looked competent last year. He did not yeah. not look as competent this year. Um, well, no, that that's a great stat. Uh, Actually, you know what? I'm wrong. I might have been thinking about two years ago against the Jets. Last year, they were up 21 nothing in the first half. That's right. Okay. I see. I'm also thinking last year was a COVID year, man. It's okay that we're our memories kind of jogged a little bit from last year. That's fine. Um, no, I, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I, I'm thinking of the Jets Jets opener as well. Um, yeah, I, I, that that's a big uh, big stat and I'm hoping that they can score more on opening drives this year. Cause I feel like that's not something that we see often from this team. Uh, but if they can find ways to go out, score more on opening drives, I'd like to take six over three. So sure. find ways to get me touchdowns instead of getting me field goals. And I'll be a very happy guy. All right. I, I'm feeling still fairly confident in the bills. I think they do rebound next week. Uh, Miami is certainly not the caliber of Pittsburgh. I think even, even Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. if their offense is probably going to hold them back this year, I think Pittsburgh's defense is still very good. Yeah, no, I don't think Miami is nearly the caliber of Pittsburgh. But, you know, um, Tua looked halfway decent. They didn't, don't, didn't think Tua blew the, uh, you know, blew the roof off the stadium today. Um but he definitely looked good. Yeah. All right. Try, looking it up, early betting line for next week, Bills minus three and a half at Miami. That game's going to be close, man. It's going to, I think it's going to be a, a, a fairly close game. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what comes of it. I would take that right now. I would take the Bills at three and a half. I think so too. I think they rebound. I think they get it. Yeah, I would take the Bills at three and a half. But we'll, we'll break down some more this week. I mean, look, man, not for anything. Mac Jones, the rookie quarterback, went 29 for 39 for 281. Damian Harris, if you run the ball, just showed today that you can run the ball all over this Dolphins team. And he had a 100 yards rushing day against, <clears throat> against Miami. So we can definitely run the ball against this Dolphins team. I think their secondary is their strength. So I'll be curious to see what Buffalo's game plan is going to be going into that game. But we're going to talk more about that. 
later on this week on the Process Podcast. So make sure you keep your notifications up and running and open for when we uh, drop that pod. Uh, but Nick, anything else real quick before we let the people get back to their everyday lives? Uh, yes, we, we have we have a message for you. Would you like to hear it? Sure. I have letters here, just for everybody out there in Packerland and yourself today. R E L A X. Relax. 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 All right, that's all. Relax, relax. Yes, Nick, relax. Bills Mafia, relax. It's not the end of the world yet, guys. The season's not over yet after one week. We, we've we been in worse situations as a fan base than this before. So just relax. It's not over. Deep breaths. If you need to talk to someone, I'm here. <laughs> tweet Charlie. He'll tweet you back. The, the Process Podcast is here for you. Tweet us at the underscore process pod. Talk to us. We we'll, answer we'll questions you, on the pod. We do. We'll, we'll get you through this tough week. Um, or t- follow Nick. Nick at Nick Veronica on Twitter. Or you really want to have a good conversation. You want, you need someone to talk to. You need to tell me how you want to unapologize for your Josh Allen apology. <laughs> I'll tell you how stupid you are for doing it. I'm your guy. Follow me on Twitter at Chawit68. Um, remember to follow the process uh, podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts uh, Spotify, Apple I believe we're on Google Podcasts Nick, I don't know, I'm not a Google Podcast guy uh, but if we're on there, follow us on there too remember to hit that follow button hit the subscribe button so you're always notified when we drop a new podcast and most importantly remember to always trust the process